Hey and welcome to the show. Did you know that the most common denominator for all attendees that come on our Floor and Freedom courses, that they already know what they should be doing, they're just not doing it? Past results equals past actions. Now our next Floor and Freedom course is coming up in July. For more information, go to cockerellandco.co.uk and hit the training tab. And don't forget, if you're looking to get some tickets for this event, they are selling out really quickly. And if you put in the coupon code podcast, we'll also give you a bit of a discount too. Now enjoy the show. This episode is in partnership with Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool used by manufacturers, retailers across the globe. To find out more information, visit get.roomvo.com. Welcome to the podcast, Stu. Uh, first question, who is Stu Bennett? It's exactly what you see on the tin, really. It's, it's me on my own, um, fitting LVT predominantly. Try not to touch carpets, any other flooring, really. So it's just LVT, prep work, grinding, you know. So. Do you used to do a lot of carpet fitting originally? or? Um, yeah, when I first started, it was carpet, vinyl, laminates, you name it, it was everything. And as LVT grew got more popular i just thought this is what this is what i enjoy you know this is what i want to be so i just concentrated on that one element and i i think if you if you concentrate on one element you can just push yourself a little bit a little bit more niche niche it down niche it down so how long have you been in the game and where where did it start um it started really leaving school nothing no grades you know so i was pretty limited as to what i could go and do Started helping my brother-in-law in in Whitby in North Yorkshire, just helping him shift carpets about furniture. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, I could do this. You know, a different place every day was was a big one for me, really. Yeah. I don't think I could sit in an office, so it was it was perfect, really. And how long have you been doing it? How when was that? Um, when you, when did you first? Seventeen, nineteen ninety-seven. So it's it's a good while back yeah. now. So you started into the carpets, then as LVT's got more popular. That's your go-to yeah, thing. Yeah, Obviously, there wasn't the volume of work with LVT when it first really kicked off to, to keep you going. Yeah. So you had to do carpets, vinyls to fill in, but but now there's obviously it's it's massive, so it's there's just loads of work about. So. And and how are you finding your work? What you know, how does it come to your door? Yeah, well, I, I subcontract to a shop, so he he basically finds the work, books the job in, so I don't really have to do a lot of footwork. Um, I like to do a little bit of supply stuff, but he's 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 that busy now. It's just you know, it's, it's, I just sort of turn it down. And, you know. and is um is there a go to product that for your own supply or even for your own house? What would be your go to products and why? Yeah, well, I, I fit mainly candine. I would say ninety percent candine. Okay. Um, there's a couple of others I like. Um, Sierra flooring. You know, there's a couple of the budget ones. I try and show people, but predominantly it's candine. You know, I trust it, and it's what I do. So, and with being in the flooring industry so long, uh, what would you say the biggest challenge you found over the years, and what what's really got on your on your nerves? Let's say, um, on my nerves, probably fitters sort of bitching about stuff. You know, they'll, they'll be nice on a job. They'll be, oh yeah, yeah, this is all right, this is nice. And when you're away, they're like. 
dickhead he is. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like that, probably like that in every trade, but I've probably met more good lads than bad. bad. I think it's the same on social media. Um, there's a lot of questionable questions um, of like people asking silly questions, maybe, or and people criticizing work. Yeah. And everyone's different. Everyone would fit it differently. And it's. Uh, I think you've got to think of the person on the other end before you know you criticize someone's work and they sat there. You, you don't know what how it's affecting them, or you know they're putting the work on for people to look at, not to rip the bits, really. No, exactly. Yeah, I think constructive criticism could be better or making send, assumptions. Yeah. Send them a private message. Yeah. Know, phone them up if you've got a, if you've got a problem. Yeah, that's that's how I actually dealt with someone that said, uh, "How can you give people advice when you've never been in the flooring industry?" And I'm like, "Hang on, I'm sure, I started in 2000 and 2003, you know." So they made an assumption that I wasn't even in the flooring industry. So exactly as you said, I uh, I gave them my mobile number on the post and said, yeah, yeah. how about a brew? And, uh... I think once you press send on that post, I think you, you've got to just sort of accept what comes in a way and just brush most of it to one side, you know. Just... Yeah. So, Candine, um, do you prefer straight lay, Heronborn? What, what's um, what, what's your favourite thing? I know Heronborn's kicking right off, but... Do you actually like fitting it? Or? Yeah, I do, actually. I love it now. Um, I do that much of it, I don't think I could not not like it, you know. Um, since going down to do Paddy's Herringbone course as well, just that just pushed me on that a little bit more. Just understand it, you know, shifting patterns, and it just makes it so much easier. And do you prefer putting the borders in, the real art, arty sort of stuff? Or what, yeah, what, I like so? a mixture, you know. I'd like, I don't mind a straight lay, you know, no. I love a straight lay, who doesn't love a straight lay? But yeah, I like a challenge as well. I like someone, you know, someone's come and says, this is what we want to try and do. Yeah. Can you do it? And I'll, I'll push myself probably a little bit more than most Yeah. to, to try and get it done. You know, I'm a bit, a bit OCD, so. And what is, I know there'll probably be lots of them, but what is the proudest job you've done in the last two years or something like that, or even forever, you know, what, is there any job that stands out you think, yeah, that, that was it? Yeah, I did um, a big corridor you know, on the third floor of a, of a really old house. And it, before I got to the job, I was warned about it. She said, we've got a big curved corridor. You know, it's not a curve. It's just, it's just like a, a, a middle of a house and we want Heronborn and we want a board around it all. So I was, I was thinking about the job for weeks before I even got there. And when yeah. I walked in and seen it, I was like, how can I do this? You know, it's just, and when I finished it, everyone looked at it and was like, how oh, you nailed that? You know, there was probably yeah. more work in the prep and setting out than there was actually fitting it. Yeah. But yeah, I was quite, quite happy with it when it was, when it was done. That's one thing when I was outfitting, that's one thing I, I did it, but the patience of the prep yeah. used to ruin me. Because I'd get there and I want to get on and just get get going, but there was times where like the lads that are employed would just like look, get out for a couple of hours, and what you know, and set the with the wood, um, setting up was everything, and I still let them have the time and all that, and I, I think it's just I don't know what the word is, probably impatience. Uh, we never did rush it, but you would get there at two o'clock and there'd be like one line of blocks down and, but it made everything when the job was finished you go have you seen that you know it's like yeah. just made without, it, without that prep it wouldn't have been no it would have been back to front and you might have gotten on quicker but yeah I tend to tend to split the job up 
You know, if I've got a load of prep to do, I won't even think about flooring. Yeah. I'll just think about the prep. You know, it's got to be right. And then, then flooring. So essentially it's two jobs. Yeah. You know. Brilliant. Um, what I'm going to do is we've got some questions that have been given um, by some of our listeners and that's going to replace the quick fire round. So we've, I think we've answered the favourite manufacturer. Um, but if there was one thing, Stu, that um, someone had told you when you first set up as self-employed that you now know, what, what would that one thing be? Uh, probably not the prep. Yeah, probably, probably <laughs> the hours that you do. Right. Like the, you know, you'll go in and do a weekend and people think, well, you're doing a weekend, you must be making more money and you're technically just finishing a job off that's ran over. Yeah. So you're not making any more money in a sense. You just, you know. And I think it's more because it's your name on the job. It's, you know, it's, it reflects you rather than just working for a shop and you're just a fitter. I think it's yeah. it's when it's your name. I think it's. How does it work? Uh, I don't want to throw the shop under the bus, but I just thought one of the common problems with shops, if they've got someone estimating the job, and what you think a job will take, and what they'll think, how do you get over that at the moment? Where if as if like the man that owns the shop thinks she's going to take five, and you're like take six and a half, how do you get around that? Yeah, well, because the guy I sub to is a fitter, he's he's pretty clued up. You know, he knows anything out of the ordinary. He'll actually ask me. You know, we'll even go to the job together right. and say, what do you think of this? What do you want to use? What, you know, what screed do you want? What? And he's, he's pretty good. If I say I want this product, he won't say, oh, it's, it's too expensive. We'll, we'll get it. Right. I like it. Um, and if I gave you a thousand quid now, Stu, what would be the first thing you would spend it on? Maybe not Legoland and Chester's yeah. you. But... <laughs> probably some at Green, probably some at Wolf. I like my Wolf gear. Ah. Um, I've got a bit of a, bit of a green... <laughs> a fetish for green. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your least favourite part of your job? Oh, probably <laughs> screening in the winter, right. outside in the rain. Yeah. It's just general cold and wet and horrible weather. Yeah, yeah. you can't really mix up, mix inside. Dark mornings, no good. No. Or, or fit in a full house of carpet uh, with... With no help or something. Yeah. Like I say, I don't, I don't no. touch carpets no more. No. I, I, I hate carpets. No, that's a good thing to just do what you love. I think a lot of people do do what they don't like and then yeah. still complain about it, but then they don't yeah, actually change it. So it's, uh, um, if you had to start the business all over again, uh, what would you do differently? Oh, that's a good one. I'd, I'd probably get an apprentice a bit earlier you know and try and train someone up have you got one now um no it's no. still me but my i'm hoping that my lads are gonna follow me you know, right. so that's why i'm sort of hanging on now how old are they uh he's 11 today right so he'll be out next week right <laughs> <laughs> get him out on a saturday here mine's uh mine was out this weekend uh clearing a clearing the warehouse so he could buy the next uh um stunt scooter part yeah. But that's the only way it was. My little one's eight. He's not so interested, but my elder lad's really keen on shapes, angles, everything. You know, he's, he's quite clean. Brilliant. And on a bit of a negative note, what is the biggest fuck up you've ever done? Um, that you'd never do again. Uh, it's a good one. I was cutting a load of door frames out 
for a guy on a job once and I'd, I'd laid a load of laminate upstairs, you know, landing three bedrooms without a break. And he liked it that much. He said, can you do it downstairs? I was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, very last door frame, cutting away. Next thing was just black water shooting out all over the walls, the ceiling. There was a radiator pipe actually oh. behind the door frame. That oh, was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. What pipe behind it? I've seen wires, but I've not seen the water pipe. But uh... Trying to hold a finger on it to stop it, and it was obviously boiling. Right. And it was just oh, it was black as well. It was horrendous. It's, uh, I remember... Um doing a job for the owner of a, let's say, a big timber merchant in the northeast. Um, job was in North Allen, which isn't a million miles from you. And brand new house, I think it was, it might have been Bellway or Charles Church or something. Anyway, pulled a piece of skirt and board off, and the, la- the bloke comes in before he goes to work, gives us a cup of tea, and uh, you just reminded me about this, this water. And I pulled the skirt and board off, and as I pulled the skirt and board off, you know what's coming the water just started spraying towards me at the bloke. And I'm like, I haven't touched anything. And yeah, they pinned Paz Lord straight through the pipe. So as soon as you pull the, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so another question I have got from our listeners is, it's quite a difficult one, this, um, especially, which we'll go on to in a second about what's next for you. Would you rather be, a brilliant fitter and an absolutely appalling salesperson, or would you rather be a mediocre fitter but an exceptional salesperson, and why? Um, probably be a brilliant fitter, because when you put your pictures on Instagram, no one knows if you're yeah. shit salesman, do they? They just see the job, and yeah, I think your your advert as well is your is your work. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. I think it it would maybe kind of work if you want to be off the tools forever, but um. So that leads on to the next. Um, what's next for Stu Bennett? Um, what's next is just keep pushing myself. Really, LVT. You know, um, just look at what's out there. Look at the look, look at the standard, and try and be at the top end of it. Um, and then ultimately, for four years, five years time, maybe take the shop that I do a lot of subbing to. That's the that's the long term plan. Yeah, you know, we've we've been talking about it, so it's. And do you think you can see yourself completely coming off your knees, or do you? Oh, that'll be that'll be tricky. That'll be. So do you think? So are you? Do you think you'd rather be full time in the shop but just guide, or do you think you're gonna still um, get someone in the shop to manage it and yeah. still be out? The the plan is the guy that has the shop now he he'd stay on and do a couple of days, and I could be outfitting, you know, and then I'd, I'd have to I'd have to be in the shop. Otherwise, what's the point in having it? You yeah. know, people want to see me in the shop, yeah. but I'd like to split it, and then as I get older, just wind it down a little bit. You know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important sometimes to um, I remember with time scales and like and and jobs and if you've not been fitting and then you're a shop manager, there's a big deviation between the guys that are actually doing it and you're kind of not forgetting what you do, but forgetting time scales, forgetting certain prep bits, just. You in your own, you become in your own little world. I think it's probably the best thing I discovered. Being, I think when I got to about five years off the tools, um, you need to forget about how long all the door frames take to undercut, yeah. or how long, I don't know, a screed takes. I don't know, or whatever. You just, I don't know. It might be my forgetful brain, but it's uh, that's my little bit of 
You know, I like being out in the van on my own, fitting the jobs. You know, that's it's, it's quite relaxing, I think. Nice place to work. So I think mm-hmm. if you stuck me in a shop for five days a week, I, I don't know. No. Time no. will tell, I suppose. Yeah. And I think the other challenge you've got is if you're in the shop, you're going to have to have someone else bringing it in and then they're going to have to do it to your standard, which is yeah, a, a whole new challenge altogether because you, you want it as good or better than you could do and that, yeah. that can be difficult to find. There's only yeah. a couple of lads that will actually work alongside. You know, if someone rang me and said, can you come and jump on this job? I'd be like, no. You know, no. <laughs> um, There's a couple of lads I know how good the work is. And I'll, I'll happily work with them. You know, I don't have to go around checking stuff that's being done no. like I do it. And it's well, it's a diff- yeah, it's a tricky one, really. Brilliant. And what? Another question from our our listeners: Who and who? Give me three people you'd love to have a pint with, and why? Three people. Yeah. <laughs> um, famous people, probably. Just anyone. Anyone you, you can ever. Pack with anyone you want, but you've got three. Three people. That's yeah. a difficult one there. Probably Chubby Brown. I'd like to share a pint with him. Yeah. Local I love comedian. It. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson, yeah. maybe. That'd be, that'd be a good yeah. table. Yeah. Um, I'm a big, big football fan as well. So, big Tottenham <laughs> fan. So, maybe Harry Kane, you know, just see what <laughs> drives him, really. Is that him? Chubby Brown lives around where the shop you were. Does he live around there? Does he live a bit further down? I can't um, remember. Yeah, he's, he's from Teesside, but I'm sure yeah, he lives around Stokes or somewhere like that. I from Grangetown originally. Yeah. yeah. But he lives out in uh, East, East Alsey, I think. Is that what he is? Yeah. No, he's, uh, yeah, he's a, a Teesside, um, what's the word? Can't even think of the word. Delicacy. Yeah, I've seen him a few times. <laughs> so... When you're out fitting, and uh, hats off to you being on your own, because I always found having an apprentice or someone with me was far more easier. Um, but what is your motivation to get in your van every day? Probably support uh, my family, first and foremost, you know, bring a wage in. Yeah. And ultimately, that's that's why we all do it. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but enjoying what I do as well, it helps. You know, I don't think I could do it if I didn't like it. No. I'd just be, like, miserable. You know, customers, most of my customers are actually really nice. You know, I get on like a personal level, yeah. not just a customer. They know me, mm. I've worked there before, work for family. So it's pretty friendly atmosphere. And what's, your, what, what, what's the ideal customer? Like what's what, domestic, commercial or how, how, you know, what if you could choose all your customers, what, what does it look like? Yeah. Domestic, you know, loads of tea, <laughs> biscuits, bait and sarnie. <laughs> Just general nice, you know, general down to earth, you know, not standing. Yeah. Don't mind it when they stand over you, when they're interested. Yeah. But you can sort of see when they're like nitpicking. And, you know. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show so far. Just a quick reminder, 10th and the 11th of July. We want to see you there. Floor in freedom. Visit the website cockerellandco.co.uk and grab your tickets now. Enter the code podcast, get the discount. Now sit back, keep enjoying the show. Thanks. In the old quickfire round, we used to do dominoes and things like that, but we're going to change it differently because you're a local guy to us. Um, would you want to like, explain to the podcast what a chicken parmo is? A chicken parmo is it? <laughs> it's a teaside delicacy, isn't it? Yeah. And people yeah. sort of from, what, 50, 60 mile away don't even think they know what one is. No, definitely. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great bit of food, isn't it? 
It's not healthy. <laughs> no, not so whatsoever. People look at it and think, it's heart attack on a plate, that. But <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, is it a chicken, Ch- chicken? chicken breast breadcrumbs, yeah. deep fried. <laughs> and then it's got bechamel sauce and, and cheddar Com- cheese. Completely covered in and cheese. Grilled. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it sounds revolting, really. But it's but when but, you get it, when you taste one, it's a good one. Oh yeah, they're really. They're, there's so many lads come up here for our training course, and they're like, go out for a meal either after or before, and they're like, oh, what would you have? And it's like we always, even in Darlington, you've you've got them. So what would you have? You could have a palm oil. I tried. I, I thought about getting Warren one <laughs> when I took him out for some food, and I thought if I get him this huge palm oil, he just doesn't like it. Yeah. So I give him his safe option. He went for a fillet. Oh yeah, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. Well, if you like chicken, or, well, if you like greasy chicken, that's, yeah. that's, I suppose it's fine. But yeah. So anyone coming to the northeast, um, <laughs> Middlesbrough, Darlington, you, you need to try a palm oil. It's uh, I don't even know what it is. What is the best bit of advice anyone has ever given you, Stu? Just, just be as good as you can be. You know, just do the job. That, you know, there's there's certain fitters that are elite level. You know, there's fitters that are mediocre, there's fitters that are just crap. And it just just do the job that you can do, you know, just yeah. ultimately do a job that you're happy with, you know, walk out the house happy knowing you've done the best job. Um, don't rip people off. Yeah. That's a big one, I think. You might make a little bit more money on yeah. that one job, but it might cost you. How would, just, just again, I'll, I'll probe you on that a bit. How would you justify charging let's say 40% more than your competitor and not ripping someone off. Like, the, do you see what I mean? Um, yeah, because some people might class that as ripping them off and some people might say, well, no, we need to do X, Y, and Z yeah. to get the result you want. How do you justify that if, if you were more expensive? Um, I'm not saying you are or not, but let's say. Yeah, I'll sometimes show them products I'm using, you know, the, the top end, you know, plywood, flooring grade plywood rather than off-the-shelf plywood, um, adhesive screeds, oozing and you know they are more expensive but for me they're the, they're the best so and on on pricing um let's say that it's for your own jobs not not for the shop but how do you find meter squared rate over let's say a decent day rate on on a on a complicated herringbone job but let's say a full house so we're not talking a little hallway but on a big big job um 90 meters plus um, what what's your opinion on being square meter or or yeah, day, rate? day rate? I'm day rate mainly for the shop, but if it's anything out of the ordinary, he will say, "Shall we put an extra couple of days in this?" You put, you know, he's pretty good. Doesn't say this. This is the job. You know, you've got five days to do it. And you better be off it. Yeah. He'll, he'll say, "What do you want?" Yeah. You know, he knows if I say, oh, "I want ten days," he'd be like. I'm not going to take me 10 days, you know. <laughs> so it, it, it yeah. works both ways. Some jobs go over. Yeah. Some jobs you're out there daily, you know, so it evens itself out, I think. And does he still pay you for the extra day? Yeah. 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 No, that's brilliant. And what is, um, do you know, I mean, because I'm, I'm day rates all day long, um, you know, because so, you can work your costs out, you can work your margins out, you can be very clear and they can normally be as long as again with communication of how long things will take you can get an exceptional job no one thinks they're done out of any money um but on meter squared rate there's too many variables why do you think he and you have chosen to be paid like that um 
I think it just, like you say, it just simplifies it a little bit. You know, you get the lads where they're on a meterage and they'll go on a four-day job and just try and smash it in two, you know, get the money, yeah. see you later, put something else on for two days for the self. Yeah. You know, so I think yeah. if you're on meterage, I think you, your first thing that you want is you want to be fast. You want to think, I need to get out of this job yeah. early, you know. That's actually a really good point, yeah. If, right. if you run over, then... You're, you're even uh, more. Smoothly. It costs, it costs, yeah. So you, uh, I think that's a brilliant point to keep the quality high as well. I've, I've always looked at the financial element of not having good weeks and bad weeks and things like that. If you plan your time out properly, you know how much you're getting paid, which can be what you desire to be paid. And then if you're selling the product, you can put the margin on at the, at the correct margin. But again, if you're doing square meter rate, there is so many variations of the quality, um, Un- unforeseen things you can't say oh well I need another three quid for that when it's you know whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. so no I love that that's uh, I'm so pleased you said that because I'm on that side of the fence when we see it on Facebook and all these other you know how much would you charge per metre but well what you charge in Middlesbrough what you charge in um, central London is completely yeah, different you know it's it? yeah um, and even into Scotland or, or whatever it's not really relevant either where people say what are people getting for this well it's not it's not relevant. It's what what do you want to take home to your family? What 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 margin do you want to make? Have you got overheads? You know, if you're out your garage, are you in a four hundred square meter shop? So, so yeah. you can't. It's like I said. Uh, I think I said it on Facebook the day. It's like asking how much is a car. It's quite a broad subject of how much a car is. Yeah. I think it depends. Like you say, it depends how quick you are. You know, if you if you're not quick enough, no meterage is irrelevant. It's pointless. Thing. And like you said, you might get to a job um, with setting out. If you're on a meter rate, that's a really other good point. If you're on a meter rate, you want to get the meters down. Yeah. You do not want to spend half a day, a full day setting up, but that could be the difference between being absolutely unbelievable, fantastic job to just hoying it down. Yeah, I do spend a little bit bit more time than most setting jobs up. You know, Especially, so you straight lays, you're pretty straightforward, centre line, check a couple of, measurements but when you've got your hair and bones and you you know your heritage stuff and it's but that could be the makeup the detail. right yeah, yeah. It's the details. I've, I've seen it where um we did a job in um craythorn you'll know craythorn well um and the, the, patchy, right? i know i know but, but wood wood we're not getting into a battle yet uh, but yeah craythorn um and the herringbone was actually like a perfect cut in the hall and in the two reception rooms. It was a big 100 square metre job. Um, and I was like, how have you done that? And he went, I've done that with five hours worth of prep and measuring it out. I was like, that's unbelievable. I, I was like, I could see how it was done, but it was just just, just that level of attention with the herringbone. So, yeah. I think you've got to want to have that attention to detail. Yeah. Know? And ha- the lads that, as you as you've described, that are the sort of elite and um, exceptional. Is there any other way apart from training courses and being time served of getting that next level? Do you think? I mean, is it in how you're getting paid? Do you think that's a, that's a fair point? Um, I think you've got to want to be happy. To yeah. Be good. Yeah. You know, you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, yeah. you just want to get home. But I think training training's massive. I think. Yeah. Um, since I first went down to MN, uh, Paddy, yep. he's put, he's pushed me on. He's just taught, you know, just little things. 
And you walk away and you just think, why wasn't I doing that five mm. years ago? I think that's what all the training courses that are out, out there. We get here. I've had so many things with Paddy and, and, and all the rest. It's not the actual course. It's the five golden nuggets that you take away and then you use every day. And it's you've obviously you could have go through a one, two, three day course to grab them, but everyone gets something different. That's yeah. that. I think you take stuff away from the lads on the course as well. Yeah. You know, you you watching them and they're watching you and you, you know, ideas and so it's not just the actual training course itself. I think it's the lads that are on it. No. No, hundred percent that's since we set Cockrell and Corp. Um we set it up so right, we're gonna provide this training, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. But then actually the power is in the network as well, where we had a, I think it was a candine, like the with the tiles sort of um you know, the small tiles or whatever it was. And someone asked a question on our sort of private group, how to do this, da 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 and I'm like, not a clue. Like I'm I'm wood. It's not more delta wood. This is like uh, this is it and I'm like who knows this? And then someone like from a completely different part of the country said, I've done loads of them. Yeah. Said, right, can you phone each other? And like within 10 minutes, like two retailers were like, right, you know, one had helped the other, which he was happy with. And the other lad knew exactly how to price. He'd just never done them before with the really sort of swanky borders. Um, but that's the power of the network. I think yeah, it's I mean, massive. That is the good thing about social media. I think I have a, a group of, well, quite a large group of lads from different places. You know, I can inbox them, I can phone them up and say, I've got this to do. Or I haven't done it before. And they'll help you. Yeah. You, know, you just ask. You know, I get a few messages off lads. And if I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> if I do, I'll help. Yeah. Right. I think that's as WhatsApp's come in and, um, you know, probably know, 10 years ago, it was all really lonely. But there was no, not many training courses. If there were, they weren't the greatest. You could only communicate with probably people that you're doing fitting for or maybe someone up the road. Um, but doing it nationally wasn't like not seen and that seems to be massively helpful. So I think the more and more um, people can do that and communicate and I do. Them, I think the thing with social media as well, it's, it's the standard of fitting and jobs in general. Yeah. You know, if you did a job for Mrs. Smith or whatever, you know, the old narrative, She'd see her job, and that's that's all she'd see. The only other job she'd see would be like family, friends, where now she can go online and go, why doesn't my job look like that? So it's made everyone up the game, I think. So that's probably one of the positives that's come out of it. And what do you think's holding the trade back? Like, is there anything that you think is... People have been going on for years saying they'd like to see it you know, like Sparky, where they've got to go and do exams and, you know, and certain standards have got to be met. Yeah. Where anyone can jump in a van and put Doodai on the side, LVT, Candine Fitter. Yeah. Go out and start doing jobs, you know, in people's houses, putting plywood down, yeah. flooring. <laughs> yeah. But you can't if you're a smitter. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, I don't think it'll ever happen, to be fair. I think yeah. There's, there's a couple of people trying it, isn't there? Trying to introduce... CP assessments. Yeah, I think CP are trying it, yeah. Um, and I think it's who's who's assessing them is possibly the thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if gas and electric is because obviously you can yeah, die. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you, you're not going to die and you're not going to burn your family's house down if you fit the wrong floor. But but I think it is in level in part. We have had um, um, 
other people on the podcast that have said that. And it, I think it's how to assess it and then who funds it as well. That's the, I think that's the biggest issue I think we've come across is where if you're going to bring this national body in, well, who's going to put the money up to start with? Because yes, you'd have to pay to do it, but then it's got to be recognised. So it's got to be recognised kind of first and then people will pay yeah. to do it. I think as well with LVT now, it's, it's, it's growing that fast and there's that much of it. I think you're getting like lads that have been on carpets, vinyls, and now thinking, you know, I'll have a go at this. You know, there's, there's money in this. You know, and jumping in a van and just doing it. I mean, do, I don't know. The candy. I mean, uh, not on the wood side, but um, but the candy. Do anything where you've got certain levels of fitter, or you can yeah. just can anyone fit. Anyone yeah, apart from if you've got. Yeah, I know you've got to have a, a shop to get certain stands and stuff, but then there could be anyone fitting it. Yeah. So I think I think if the shop is an actual retailer, I don't know if they're under any obligation to use a certain standard of fitter, but. You know, I don't think no. they are. It's no. Well, Antico used to do the approved installer. Yeah. But even they've ditched that now. I know. And on the wood side, I think Bonner maybe still do with certified. But again, it's, you're not assessed. That's, that's you're not, yes, you can go and get your badge and go and do the course and, but yeah, so I think it's an interesting and then it's actually getting to the public to recognise it, you know, because there's all the witch is it which like standards or the uh, what are the other ones? Um, so yeah, I think there's a I think there's an element of being a certified installer, but I think it's who funds it and how it's done. And then uh, you you'd get people if you were certified uh, and you were charging more than the next person who isn't. Some people yeah. would go for him anyway. Yeah, you know, so you'd be doing yourself out of out of the work. I think that's actually well. That's another point as well that you could have exceptional fitters that don't need to don't need to be certified. Maybe are they going to pay to be certified, and then are they going to you know do you charge more exactly? You know, if it's like well, do plumbers charge? Well, saying that you've got to be. Yeah, I know handymen can connect. Um, let's say um, water pipes, but to, to tackle gas, but some plumbers charge a lot more than others, and they've all got to be. It's like, like lads around my age, you know, why would you want to be certified? Yeah. You know, you've been doing it that long without it and you've not got long left. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. They'll try and... Uh, it's a funny one. It'd have, to be, it'd have to start from apprentices, really, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think in the flooring game, I think it's like what you said about the people that are set on the metre squared, people that are set on doing jobs fast. They tend to be running around like lunatics, like making no money, but doing six days a week and working till 10 o'clock at night, which makes no economical sense to me. <laughs> Why not work five, five and a half days a week, but earn decent money, but only turn out exceptional work? It, it never, there used to be someone in Darlington that um, sanded floors um, that was renowned to be cheap, but renowned to be fast. And I'm like, they don't, you may as well be slow. And really good. Yeah, it's, it's just makes it's working harder. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's literally just working, working harder for no no gain. But I mean, if you were turn out exceptional work really fast, which is rare, um, exactly, it's either one or the other. Normally, or you know, working yeah. seven days a week, you know, till ten o'clock at night, and they've got no machines, no gear. Yeah, yeah. and you think, where, where's all your money gone? <laughs> yeah, well. Probably in the pub bar. It's uh, as soon as they finish work and then then repeat. Possibly, but you never know. It's, Out for uh, a palm oil, it? Yeah, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with investing your hard-earned money on palm oil. I think it's. Uh, but yeah, I think that's. A, I think it's a really valid point. So if anyone's listening to uh, manufacturers or anything is going to launch a 
certified, but I think we're all gonna it's gonna be a long, long a long thing. Um Socio, where is the best platform to find you? Uh, I know you're on Instagram. Is there anywhere else you you put your work? Or um, yeah, I have a Facebook page again, Stuart Bennett Flooring. So it's the same as my Instagram. Um, I've actually got a TikTok page, but I've not really got a grips with that yet. No, you know, it's that's uh, Stu Ben Flooring. Stupid. I think there's one video on there at the minute, but you know, I want to try and get into that because I think I think that's the one that seems to be really popular with people at the minute you know views hits comments so tiktok i think is the big one at the minute i'm in debate about um instagram seems to, if you were doing all your own fitting and weren't fitting for a shop instagram you've got really good high quality customers facebook not so much but i don't know what i think tiktok's brilliant for engagement and showing what you do and etc but i don't know commercially what type of client, you know, are you going to get someone with a four or 500 grand house that wants 90 square meters of candine on TikTok giving you the work? I, I yeah. can't, I, I can't figure it out. I find Instagram pretty good for the manufacturers, you know, losing, yeah. follow me, candine, follow me, all the big companies follow me. So when I tag the work in it, yeah, they're, they're seeing the work that I'm putting out. Yeah. So I think in that sense, that's, that's mainly what I get out of it. You know, get a bit of free gear. Yeah, freebies to use, and and I just don't know. Are they well? The manufacturers are starting to do TikTok, but I just don't know. It's a great platform to share stuff, but I just commercially, you know, um, I mean, it's fine to share the stuff, but also it's how to monetize it is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think uh, as well, I think these big companies they love you putting their work on Instagram because yeah. for them it's that's free it's PR free advertising, it? yeah. But at the same time, yeah. if it looks absolutely crap. Then it works the opposite way. Yeah. You know, so you're doing them a favor by putting out really nice stuff, tagging yeah. their products. So yeah. it, why not get some freebies? And well, yeah, I think that's just love, just love a freebie. I know, and it's, it's uh, the, I think that's it with the. Fact, I like that mug actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that, Stuart. I'll, I'll give you a clean one. <laughs> you have to tag us in it though. Every yeah, time there's a proof, yeah. yeah. We'll have to get um, Cockwell and Co. Pizza boxes with parmos in <laughs> for, <laughs> for the courses. Yeah, so, next podcast. Yeah, that's uh, we'll do a Friday night parmo and a parmo and a podcast. podcast night, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a podcast. Oh, I love that. Um, right, brilliant, Stu. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been, been brilliant to have you in the studio rather than talking on a Zoom. Uh, thanks very much. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.